the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I was in love with the movie business, and when I was young, I was in love with California, and when I was old enough to afford it, I went to California, and I thought to myself, it is the most beautiful place on earth. It was amazing, and from a car ride, you could go skiing, you could swim in the ocean, you could do everything you wanted to do, and the people, when I was there, you got to remember, late 80s, early, I think it was late 80s, people were beautiful. It was before O.J. Simpson murdered his wife. Um, it was really fascinating. And it started to have signs of really, really bad policies, even in the late 80s. But it was 10 times the state it is today. In fact, people don't understand. Uh, it was 2018, March 1st, when the Business Insider, along with uh, numerous other publications and, and sites, and by the way, the Business Insider is not really what I would call a right-wing rag. In fact, it leans left. California has the worst quality of life in the 50 U.S. states. At that time, the homelessness in 2018 was at about 50% of what it is now. In fact, their major problem is that they actually have human waste in the streets that's creating diseases. They have a skid row that now encompasses towns. They have the highest taxes. Next to Illinois, they've got the most people moving out. For the first time in the country's history, more people moved out than moved in. They rank worst in, ironically, all of the things they say they promote. Like, for instance, air quality. Worst. Worst in water. They have a terrible, terrible water situation. All politicians created that situation, just like they did the fires. You know, aside from the ones where the professors don't actually start the fires, like the one now. Um, They've got pseudo-intellectual Marxists that have been spiking trees in every category of economics aside from Silicon Valley. They suck. It's the worst place to live and try to work and create wealth unless you're already very wealthy. Because in California, like in all socialist countries, and we might as well call it a socialist country, there's only two classes of people, the power brokers at the top, the billionaires, and the slaves. So when you see... The status quo mount up and clearly rig the recall election, clearly fraud the election. It brings to me my favorite quote from really, arguably, my favorite Marxist dictator. He had by far the best hair. I'm talking about Stalin, baby. It is enough that the people know there was an election. The people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. And that's the truth. 
the people who cast the votes, they mean nothing. The only ones that matter are the ones that count the votes. So this will be yesterday's news. It's already yesterday's news. And move along, two to one, and all of the mafia bosses flew in, including diapers, which, by the way, all of you Democrats that voted for him, aren't you proud when you see that feeble old man stagger around like a baby who had his first shot? Aren't you just all excited when you see this flaccid fascist? And not to mention Kamala. She's from she's from that area. I believe it was Willie Brown that made her career. Of course, she's quite the lunch date. She's qualified to do absolutely nothing except party girl. And the people, the willing slaves of California, said, okay, this is our guy. Now, everybody who voted for him, get back in your house. Get back in your house and you will be forced to capitulate to the Soviet system that has destroyed a state who was once so beautiful, it, it inspired people from around the world to go there. Did you know that during the turn of the century, most people just saw pictures of California and not thought that all of America looked like that? Well, it goes to show you what political decisions can do. They not only can destroy the quality of life in countries that were you know, on their way up, like Russia before the Soviet Union destroyed it. By the way, they're on their way up again. They've destroyed the South American. Everywhere this philosophy has been implemented, it's been destroyed. And here we are again. So I think it's more than just, you know, the talk show host and he was equated to Trump and that lost the race. No, it's not. It's that the people tolerate that kind of living. They've adopted the mind of a slave, like the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago has adopted the mind of a slave. That doesn't mean it's not tragic. It's tragic when you hear stories about the mother that was shot in the face and killed. Right now at 4.30, a Chicago mother of three out with her brother is shot and killed, hit by straight gunfire over the weekend. Through his grief, her son wanted to share her story with RV Wynn. Oh, it's so frustrating. So she spoke with him today about the last conversation that he had with his mother just hours before she was killed. By the way, this newscaster who said it's so frustrating, this is the newscaster who gets excited when a Democrat mafia politician comes on the show and they have a new scheme and a new idea. So her phony, her phony sympathy, her phony compassion, don't let it mean anything to you because these are the propagandists that cheer for the Mike Madigan Marxist mafia. I was going to say tiny person, but it didn't rhyme. That little short custom-countered mafia of those little Irishmen with their tiny hands. And then the other ones that have ruined the rest of the state. Where we're, we're going to get to the bill that passed and how devastating it's going to be. And how fast Illinois will be California. So roll up your pants and get ready for fecal in the streets. A night out with friends over the weekend ends in tragedy for Amanda McMurray. Her family, friends, and children now mourning her death. My mom was everything to me. Always said I loved her. Terrence Wright is her oldest son. He last talked to his mom just hours before she was shot and killed. This is the hardest part. Her son, this woman, worked. She didn't want to be trapped in the hopelessness of a Soviet-run city. She tried to work. Tried to do better. Talked to her kids. Loved her every day. She, he told her. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And you know what's going to happen to the scum that chatter? 
if he's caught, Lori Lightfoot's going to sue him, and she's going to get a rope chain, and she's going to get some sneakers, and she might get some 24-inch rims. But I'm guessing he doesn't have six, seven million in the bank like Mike Madigan's lobbyist son, or like Don Harmon after his new fundraiser yesterday, given by a Republican. There's there's Illinois. That's the Illinois I'm proud of. Scum, they toot, they scum. On the city south side. I'm glad I told her I love her. And, you know, she just wanted to meet some family and go out to eat. But I just want to advise y'all to be safe. The shooting happened in the parking lot of this Jewel Osco. And you know what's sad? When you hear the son, who I buried my mother, I know many of you did. And in all that pain you're in, what does he say? Be safe. As if his mother wasn't being safe. She was in a parking lot. She was shot by a scum who the, the, the politicians who were supposed to protect the law-abiding people, the people that go to work, the people that raise their kid, their big push to stop this is to sue them. And the reporter who pretends she feels his pain, she's so compassionate, she promotes those politicians rather than calling them out one by one for what they are. And I don't just mean political whores. I mean incompetent corruptors of a political body that has turned a city like this, a state like California, states like New York and New Jersey, into hopeless, despotic sewers, where the only way you can exist is to be in on that oligarch scam. So when you see Gavin Newsom, his billionaire heritage, and all his corrupt contacts, contacts, pretend that he won something last night. What he did, what he won, what that represents is the same thing it represents in Chicago and the same thing it represents in all of these oligarch-run corrupt places. It represents that the people who inhabit them have not had enough. They have not had enough. So until it gets to a point where you can't take it, get used to it. Because when you look at a state that was 10 times the state, is 10 times the state of Illinois, 10 times, everything. And they are not ready, and they are floundering on the bottom. Know that how long that you're going to be waiting in Illinois. Dino, you know, with the signing of the Bipartisan Climate Equitable Jobs Act into law, Illinois leading the way in the Midwest in committing to an emissions-free future for the state by 2045, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says there's no time to lose. A polar vortex, devastating floods. You know, that should be his nickname, Polar Vortex. There's something about a fat bastard who releases six times the carbon of a normal person. Talking to me about CO2, about climate change, this slob of a man. How about we tax people based on their own their own CO2 production? Because I'm guessing this cow produces five times the CO2 of any of us. But he's got all the right ideas. And you know what, what's really sickening? That excitement in his voice isn't because this bill's good. It's because he's got an interest in every single company, in every single way. He is going to make money from the time this phony money is printed up, loaned to Illinois, to start these companies that are full of just corrupt political mafia bosses. They're creating an entire industry. And you know who's paying for it? The seniors who are victims. The seniors who are on such a tight budget, they're considering eating cat food so that they can pay the increases in their bill. The people that they're supposed to help, see, that's who they hurt. They don't hurt people like me. Bye.
You're not going to get five cents from me, stupid. Unfortunately, my wife likes the house, so we'll keep that and we'll continue to bleed money. But that's okay. Because what you have to do now is understand it's going to get worse. When you see what happened in California, open and notorious voter fraud. I have the clip. We played the clip. I went to vote, and my vote was already gone. That's normal. That's Cicero, baby. That's just like Chicago. So how are you going to vote them out? How are you going to change it? What's the plan? I get people to call me, well, well, what's the plan? Well, I implemented the plan. You should implement the plan. Your businesses should implement the plan, unless they're in on it. See, because that's the tipping scale, right? Because in Chicago, Illinois, you're at that point. Do I just give in? Do I just give in? And do I say to myself, well, this Republican, supposed Republican from Silicon Valley, who's got 11 million from two people and maybe one other. So say three people, they wrote this low life a check. He comes in from Pittsburgh via Silicon Valley. He's a Republican and he's middle of the road. and It's going to be great. What do you think his stance is on this phony bill that, by the way, is bailing out the corporation that corrupted it? That's the best part of all. Comed and Exelon are the pimps to the political whore, Mike Madigan, and all the Democrats and some of the Republicans who voted for it. Because what you're unaware of is they throw each other fundraisers. Republicans throw Democrats fundraisers. And you think you're going to vote this out? You think that somehow they're going to turn it around with a committee? Or that maybe if we get a Tea Party Part 2, because the first one was so successful with the scum that it produced, maybe this time it'll really work. Microbursts that destroy buildings, record lake levels, extreme heat, and emergency declarations in more than a third of Illinois' counties. By the way, the weather that he's talking about, this has been happening for a billion years, a billion, I know, sorry, religious people, a billion. They have no concept, every statistic. It's like the same thing with COVID. It's like the same thing with their Keynesian. They make up and bribe sexually frustrated dweebs in lab coats to give them data so the people nod their heads and they don't understand. They're all invested in the company, like El Gore's daddy with Occidental energy, and oil. That's where their money comes from. All of these bills. Al Gore's a billionaire from selling this BS. Sean Caston wouldn't have five cents. His dad's a fraud. All connected. All connected in. All their companies. It's created profit. And you're booking it. You're backing this. So write the check. Because Pritzker says you're going to love it. Pritzker pointing to severe weather that we've experienced over the last two and a half years. A press conference at the Shedd Aquarium announcing the signing of this bill and a very important bill. Environmentalists say that the effects of climate change are already being felt. Senate Bill 24. Environmentalists have been wrong for 70 years. Every prediction, every one wrong. They blame weather with no reality on history. And you keep buying it. So you tell me, what's your answer? 312-642-5600. Have you had enough, or are you thirsty for more? I'll take your calls when I get back. I've always 
wondered when it comes to these kind of policies why through through their own um, party this can't happen. I mean, after all, if this is so righteous, why don't they fund themselves? Why do they need to pass these kind of bills where the people who can afford it the least are forced to pay it? I mean, that's why if it was really something that was based on reality, they wouldn't be forcing everybody to participate. The people, all of the Democrats, the ones who, who gave AOC that $35,000 ticket so she could uh, wear the tax, the rich dress, all of those people would just say, well, let's just do our own thing. We're not going to wait for government to do it. Because after all, what does government do that's been so great? But what they understand, this Fourth Reich, they understand why the Third Reich used, back then it was called environmentalism. They used why they, they, they used that as a weapon against the people to control production to seize businesses, all because at that time, the the technocrats that made up the Third Reich, those scientists, by the way, did you know that, that the Nazis were based on science? Oh, they were. Um, that, that was used against the German people then, to put them in a box so that they had to always bend knee to government. That's the same thing this is. So that is why Pritzker, who is a walking, a walking problem, if there was climate change, this son of a gun would be a major cause of it. 08 forces Illinois' fossil fuel plants by 2045 uh, to go to 100% zero emissions. The state investing close to $600 million a year in renewable energy. Some critics. Now, the state doesn't have any money. $600 million a year. I'm, I'm wondering why the pensioners aren't upset about this, the ones who say that they're worried their pension's going to end. Well, how, how is Illinois broke if they're going to blow $600 million on this? And by the way, if Illinois has, has zero emissions, um, have they figured out how to stop the CO2 from the water evaporating, you know, like from Lake Michigan and stuff? Have they figured out how to stop all the other states from doing it? You see, this, this isn't science. This is a crowbar. This is used to pry you away from your principles, away from your money, away from your decisions, away from your freedom. This has nothing to do with climate change. And what this does is pay back the corrupter that was paying them for years. They already snuck in those rate increases based on nothing other than bribes to Mike Madigan and the Marxist mafia of Chicago. And it paid off. That was the greatest bribes ComEd ever paid. Look at the results. Hundreds and hundreds of millions in just profit. This is all, all profit. Finding fault with $700 million in subsidies for Exelon over the next five years to help the utility keep three nuclear power plants running. But negotiators. Now, that's like Homer Simpson. They're just going to keep it running. If it was good, wouldn't we want it to be running? What if it would actually produce something? Wouldn't it be? Would we have to subsidize it for $700 million in a state that's bankrupt? In a state that took $180 billion and blew it on debt that it wasn't paying for decades. Pointing to Exelon's willingness to open their books and work with the state. you got to be a moron. Today is for our children. Today <laughs> is for our children's children. Yeah, and they'll be paying triple of what, you, what they should be because of this. I'll tell you what. When the Democrats screw up things, they screw that stuff up for generations. Today is for communities all across this great state. 
Legislators on both sides of the aisle interested in clean energy jobs and equity for struggling communities in the form of job training and access and other opportunities. The measure also providing rebates to people who buy electric cars. Governor Pritzker and his team pointing to residential customer protections when it comes to energy rates. So all the people who can barely get by, who can barely afford their life, you're going to subsidize that Wilmette rat and buying his fleet of Teslas so that his 16-year-old can look cool on her way to school. I love it. These are the same people who cheer when AOC uses the $35,000 ticket. It's just, it's just amazing to me. Listen, if you're on the line, stay there. I'll take you when I get back. If you want to be, 312-642-5600. I've got two calls open. We'll be back after this. If you listen to this show, you understand how much I hate statism. You understand there is a reason I put all of the collectivists, whether they be nuanced socialists, Marxists, like so many of the organizations within the Democrat Party or outright communists, I always lump them together as the fourth rank. Because to me, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people who view your freedom, your right to life, your pursuit of happiness as the problem. And I always like to remind people, it's hard to reason with somebody who can justify murdering the most innocent form of humanity on the planet, a baby. Very difficult to reason with somebody about the nuances of Keynesian economics with somebody who's willing to kill their child. So never forget how evil this is. The greatest evil in America is this notion that mothers should be allowed to kill their kids. So I think these topics are very important. I think it is, in fact, a legal issue. I think abortion is unconstitutional. I think it is. it should be illegal. I'm happy to bring on Alex Sawyer, legal affairs reporter for the Washington Times. She wrote an article that I wanted to have her on to discuss. And um, Alex, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Hey, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So we saw what is going, what is happening in Texas, a state that is run by politicians that were voted in by the people. So the very people who want to promote democracy the whole time they mean mobocracy. They don't like it when the people of a certain state put politicians in and they want them to stop the greatest atrocity to humanity, abortion. So they write a law that says if you can hear the baby, the heartbeat, you can't kill the kid. And the people go crazy. And the biggest fear is that this will this idea that mothers should not be allowed to, kit, to kill their children, and then people like me be forced to pay for it, the ultimate cherry on the assault of your, your freedom Sunday, Sunday um, their biggest fear is that this could lead to the destruction of Roe v. Wade. Do they have something? Right. Could it lead to that? So, um, interesting enough, a lot of focus has been on the Texas legislation, but, um, you know, right now, I think the, the biggest threat to Roe v. Wade would actually be the case out of Mississippi. So um, right now, that the way the litigation is set up is the Texas law is still being litigated in lower courts, whereas you have uh, the Supreme Court is going to be hearing the Mississippi law, which bans abortion at um, 15 weeks. And so they reconvene in October. We don't have a date yet for that those oral arguments. But in that case, the, the question directly sets up uh, – 
basically a, a possibility that the court could overturn Roe v. Wade. So Roe, and I actually went back and looked at the opinion today, in 1973 said that uh, a state has an interest in regulating abortion in the second trimester for the health of the mother. So basically the examples were that a abortion, you know, doctor or whatever would have to have a certain type of license, that sort of thing. And then it said a state could ban abortions in the third trimester. Well, you have Mississippi that says, hey, we have an interest in a 15-week ban because uh, a few reasons. One, in their court papers, they say that the, um, as, as the woman goes further into pregnancy, there's a heightened risk to her health with an abortion. And then also that there's been medical advancements, right, for the point of viability. So it's going to be a very interesting case, and it does give the justices a chance to change the, the court's 1973 precedent. Um, now, with the Texas law, it's a little different because I think I'm, I'm sure you, you've covered this aspect, but it's not Texas officials enforcing this, right? It's, it's the fact that the law was written where individuals can bring civil lawsuits against abortion providers. If they hear of a, a law, like of a abortion um, clinic or whatever, performing an unlawful abortion after a heartbeat is detected. I think from a legal perspective, the, it would be difficult for a third party to bring a, success, a successful lawsuit like that. They would have to be able to have like medical records. It would basically be up to a woman possibly who had an abortion after the fetal heartbeat and regretted it that could say, you know, I had firsthand knowledge, this is the information I had that could bring the suit, or the father, for example, that might have been at the sonogram, heard the heartbeat, and then knows that there was an abortion performed. So um, I have to tell you, it's just a, it, it, this is just astonishing to me. So the way that the law was written, no mother was to kill the baby after the third er, after the second trimester, the way the law was originally written. Um, we, Ro, Roe v. Wade, I'm, I'm guessing, is what the, yeah. the opinion that you're referencing. Yeah, that's kind of what they laid out. So do we have any, any data, any statistics as to how many babies were killed in the third trimester since Roe v. Wade? I do not have any statistics on that, but I'm sure there's, you know, um, live action, for example, um, a bunch of nonprofit, pro-life nonprofit groups that have been tracking that and have probably a figure or an estimate at the very least. What I looked at today um, and will include in an upcoming story that I'm working on is um, this whole point of viability. So when Roe was, was, their opinion came out, they mentioned 28 weeks. So the opinion did note that some babies could be born at 24 weeks and survive. Nowadays, it looks like it's more or less 24 weeks that you're seeing babies um, survive and, and thrive. There's some stats even that in rare occasions, you have a baby born at 21 weeks, 22, 23, and they do survive. There, there could be some, you know, um, uh, severe or moderate uh, disabilities, whether it's hearing issues, uh, sight issues, that sort of thing. Um, but I do think that the question about when is a baby viable is is relevant in this discussion because obviously Roe was decided just more, like about 50 years ago and medicine has changed. Yeah. Well, uh, in America, in the countries that practice socialism, it hasn't changed at all. In fact, Cuba's still reading books from there. But um, the reality um, that I see happening here is that Planned Parenthood and the abortion 
um, um, business has become just that. There's a lot of money being exchanged. There's lobbying. The government is underwriting these these entities and these groups, and they are throwing um, a tremendous amount of money to, to have this written into bills. And, in fact, you could argue that Planned Parenthood is subsidized to the tune of billions of dollars. Um, with all of that going on, is there still a hope that this can actually be overturned in this political climate where right now I think the Supreme Court is ruling based on their own fears and on um, kind of public opinion of, uh, of the way in which things should be politically judged. Everything is looked through that, that scope. Is, do the Supreme Court justices have the spine to rule in the favor of the baby? Well, so well, we did see the justices on an emergency basis not block the Texas law. So at first, you know, it, the, the constitutionality of it is still being litigated in lower courts, but the abortion providers tried to block that one um, straight away, and the court didn't do that. Uh, I asked some legal experts and those that watched the court, you know, what do you make of that? Is that a sign that they would rule in favor of Mississippi, for example, in their 15-week ban? And some of them said, well, it could be that when the Texas case comes back, they, you know, do block it. They say that that's not constitutional. Six weeks is too early. But then that gives them room to rule for the Mississippi ban at 15 weeks, you know, kind of playing the political game of, well, we're going to find for one side in this case and the other side in this one. Um, But I think that's yet to be decided. I do think it's interesting because you bring up, um, what what the Planned Parenthood and various groups are fighting for. And in the case I was talking about in the Mississippi one, where there's a 15-week ban, the case was brought by the state's only abortion clinic. And I think they do abortion up to, like, it's 16 weeks. So this case is kind of being litigated on on a, a, the matter of one week, um, which is interesting if the court were to overrule Roe at that point. Um, it makes you wonder if the abortion clinic thought that that would be worth it, right, to go yeah. all the way um, <laughs> to the Supreme Court over a week's time. And one last thing I think is interesting is when you look at other countries and their abortion laws, um, the United States is quite extreme. Like France, for example, not exactly a conservative country. They ban abortion at 12 weeks. Um, it's, it's just something... It's interesting when you compare where we stand versus other other countries. I think Germany too. Well, Alex, we're we're um, the show's broadcast out of Illinois, and Illinois is the abortion dumping ground. It is the killing field for for abortion, and there are many people who live here who are outraged and disgusted by it. In in the event that this case moves forward, will states like Illinois defy the ruling? continue to practice so will it become so politicized where now states like illinois that are run by the uh, democrat mafia and states like california new york new jersey become in fact abortion safe havens i think that that's a good point because you know what mississippi for example is really fighting for is a state's right to set its own abortion um, standard and requirement and so of course you're going to see blue states take the opposite route we saw that i think in what was it, 2020 with New York. Um, some of, I think it was also Virginia, have loosened restrictions on abortion. So it could be that you have red states tightening things up where, and then uh, in contrast, blue states trying to, stop, to to lessen requirements for women, whether it's, you know, having to have an ultrasound beforehand or um, a, a waiting period. Usually I think there's an ultrasound and then a waiting period in some states. 
So those types of laws could be um, eliminated. You know, is it possible for for, um, women to not know they're pregnant? For six weeks? That's a good question because I'm actually pregnant right now. I'm, I'm having a, my daughter next month. And I knew, um, I don't know if this is rare, I've talked to some friends, but I knew pretty soon. I knew well before the six-week mark that I was pregnant. Um, I've talked to some other friends who had the same experience. Um, but, you know, there's some women that say they haven't. For the life of me, I'm not sure I'll ever understand some of well, the stories we hear about. It's because you haven't tried meth or you're not on welfare, but that <laughs> might maybe, be a tip-off. Maybe off. that's true. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, see, there's always an answer, Alex. Alex, you know I love when you come on, so thank you so much. Please keep me updated on this. Do you mind coming back? Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Alex Sawyer, Washington Times. We'll be back after this. Some people say that that's not a topic you're supposed to talk about. I think that's a topic you should always talk about. I think if you're going to stop an atrocity, if you're going to stop an evil, you don't do it by avoiding it. You don't do it by pretending that somehow it's acceptable. That particular political issue is more than politics. It is truly an evil that I can't wrap my head around. Under no circumstances would a decent human being ever consider killing their kid. It's just, it's a subhuman quality that would allow you to do it. And I don't know how you walk on with your life. Yeah, the timing wasn't right. Balancing the checkbook was terrible. I don't know about my job situation. Sure, it was going to be my kid. Mm -hmm. Could have changed the world. Would have loved to seen the smile. Nah, let's kill it. We're not only at that point. We're at the point now where you take people who believe like me and you force me to pay for it. You force me to accept it. See, when you force people to do things against their moral fiber, you build an animosity that you cannot measure. Measure. You cannot measure that. And now these very people who are telling me that I must adapt and change and live for them. No. I say no. If you start off from the principle that you have justified your willingness to kill a baby, everything else you think is wrong. It's time to break those political bands that bind us to these people. It just is. Let them pay for it. Let them live among themselves. I quite honestly think... We don't deserve it. We deserve better. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. I'm thinking about all of the people that have um, their whole life just, just said they were Democrats because they were union members and they were too ignorant to understand the corruption in it. The Chicago Democrat, the whole, I'm a Chicago Democrat. No, you're a moron and you're directly responsible for not just the economic situation that you created in that hellhole, not just the political corruption you think is normal and the bribery. 
you're complacent and you sit idly by. Well, this slaughter of babies has worked its way into an entire base principle of an American political party. I refer to it as the Fourth Reich. But if you're still ignorant enough to refer to yourself as a Democrat, wake up. It's never too late. Jim in South Elgin. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you, kid? Good, good. Just uh, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but Planned Parenthood was founded by a lady named Margaret Sanger. Now, would that be the the same Margaret Sanger that spoke in front of the Ku Klux Klan in 1953? Uh, It sure was. uh, Really? Yeah, she formed Planned Parenthood because uh, black babies were considered inferior, so they had to be less of them born. And as a result of that success, the black population is only about 16, 17%. It's 12 and a half. It's 12 and a half. And you know what it was when she she implemented her notion? 12. 12. It's never grown because of Margaret Sanger and the racists that understood if they could sell this as somehow an alternative, could sell the concept that it's legal, and by the way, it's okay. Kill your kid. That they would control... Not just an entire race of people, but they would control the population, which is always their goal. And in fact, as of January 21st of this year, there's been 62,502,904 abortions since Roe v. Wade. Now, that was done in January. When you consider that over 196,000 babies are aborted a month in this country, that's way above 63 million babies. So they got their population control. They got their race manipulation control, and now it is a pillar of the Democrat Party. So if you're still feeble and you've been voting Democrat because you think you're a union, middle-class, blue-collar, no, 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 you're just a useful idiot that political whores like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and J.B. Pritzker have been robbing for 70 years. You're morons. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Jim. And you're also the same people who support the policies that have driven up the cost of food. Now it's starting to make sense to you, though, of why welfare recipients and food stamp recipients get $300 more a month than people who are not on food stamps actually spend on groceries. Did you know that? Oh, it's true. In fact, under the Biden welfare roach plan, you get $835 a month for welfare food. For government cheese. And you get that little EBT card so you can pretend to be like a regular person who works for their food. And you are getting $300 more a month to spend than the average family of four spends. So when you, I play these stories, the actual ramifications of your moronic policies. And by the way, this is why I was against Trump and the farmer subsidy. That's part of this too. So there is no righteous Keynesianism. There is no social subsidy that really works out. What it does is it creates chaos. It creates hopelessness, economic futility. That's what it creates. And the only thing that they can do is demonize people who are still good at making money. They demonize them. And that group gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and they're easier to hate. And that's why you can look at a fraud like AOC, who not only has been under investigation of campaign finance fraud, who lives like she actually is worth millions. And she could put on the back of her $4,500 dress, tax the rich while she goes to a $35,000 dinner, 
And there's the moron who for his whole life was saying, I'm a Democrat. And he says, you go get him, girl, because it's built on idiots or the inside corrupt who profit from these failed policies like the Pritzker estate. And we know over the past year, a lot of what's been driving the price increases are foods. Uh, you know, right now, meat is up over 8% year over year, over year. Seafood and fish up more than 10%. We've got some other really stark examples. Like if you check out this rack of lamb right here, last year, the owner of the grocery store tells me it would have cost $24 a pound. Now, $39 a pound. That's not bad. That's not bad. You got the money. You're Democrats, baby. You've been selling this BS. You better be able to afford it. Pound. Watch this. Is Even though we've only seen six months of historical highs, we're going to probably see another 16 months at least. So it's really the perfect storm uh, for prices to go up. And they're going to continue to go up until we can fix the supply chain. And steaks are also up 17%. Taking a look at a few other categories quickly, Neil, uh, gasoline up 43%, used cars 32%, hotels up 17%. As to what's driving these price increases, a lot of it has to do with the supply chain. The grocery store owner here tells me that on his bottom line, what he's seeing go up, labor costs and transportation. Back to you. You know what will fix this? When the government spends $8.5 trillion to pretend the economy's strong. It's going to be great. In what this moron, this 80-year-old diaper-wearing, flaccid, fascist pig, has done in eight months, what do you think it's going to look like in 18? 18 months. You know, that, that $34 lamb, it's going to look like a deal. And you're going to be looking like a Venezuelan. If you're not rich enough, to hang on. Otherwise, you'll be looking like a Californian living on a beach. Except Illinois doesn't have any beaches. It's got some bridges. It's got some neighborhoods that are dangerous. No beaches. I guess you could call North Avenue Beach one, but I think that's gang central now. Neil LaGrange. Hey, how are you, Sean? Good, how are you? Uh, real quick, you know, who paid for AOC's ticket? And then I was reading somewhere, they were talking about if someone else paid it, isn't that some sort of an income that she has to declare no you're talking about rules that are for us brother come on now <laughs> this is like this is like chicago yeah you're right i get you know, it i get it. this yes, is like, like, like the develop listen to this let me ask you a question the I, developer I, that threw Lori lightfoot the fundraiser is going to throw it for five thousand a ticket do you think he's going to have to go through the same process as say sergey who came here from the ukraine with a hammer and a wheelbarrow, built a construction company with his own hands and employs a bunch of people. They eat together and they work together and they try to achieve. And he's got an idea. He wants to buy a block in a slighted area, but he doesn't know any aldermen. He doesn't know how to give the sack of Joia. But he tries to buy the property honestly. He buys it all and he goes before the so-called band of thieves, as I call them. They're called aldermen. They like, to, they like that word. And they vote for like a variance or the right to build condos. Who do you think's going to get the condo? The the scumbag well, in Wilmette? Well, on, on the on the infamous white envelope. There How thick that white envelope is. The guy in Did Wilmette's going to get the deal. So when you think AOC's been under investigation for three years for misappropriation yep. of campaign funds, 
course, well, her you know who also has to be added to the squad. You know, there's a there's a new squad member that you know has been really really quiet that nobody's talking about. But she's my lovely uh, Congress uh, Congresswoman, this Marie Newman from Illinois three. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. She is, you know. I'll see you, you Marie are, Newman, and I'll raise you Chewy Garcia. You think you're going to yeah. get sympathy from where I own property? Of course not. But, you know, so. she she lost every demographic in the vote with the exception of one, and it was the, the votes in the city of Chicago that put her over the top. She's definitely not voting with her district. None of yeah. them do, but... Uh, um, Neil, would you be aggravated if you found out that a Republican you turned to actually threw a fundraiser for her? Would you be upset? No, but I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me in this state. Oh, I'd be upset. I am upset. Thank you, Neil. I was looking yeah, for a I mean, yes there, but that's all right. I get it. We got to do what we got to do. Uh, Grandma Marilyn. I always like Grandma Marilyn. How are you? Grandma Marilyn from Valparaiso. I'm good. I wanted to tell you that years ago I worked with a young lady, and her mom was expecting her ninth child, and she said, I'd rather have that child on my lap than on my mind, and I thought that was a beautiful statement. You know, I know somebody who... Um, I know, I know somebody, I, I, I love somebody who, who uh, was a kid and made a mistake and uh, haunts her, haunts her every minute of every day. Right. They right. never talk about that. No. You know, it's, got, it's no. awful hard. You know, people have a hard time living with accidental death. There are people out there that went to a party, had too many drinks, and like a moron, they got in the car and they killed somebody. And they may feel beyond terrible and they may go to jail, and when they get out, they may live 30 more years. But do you think that every day they don't think about that stranger that they killed, right. let alone killing your offspring? Right. It's a certain right. kind of evil. Sean, I love your show, and I love oh, you, and you. I, I'm always been active in politics, and I intend to be till my dying day. Well, I love you right God back. bless. Thank you, Grandma Marilyn. That was <laughs> a great call. Thank you very much. Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? Wonderful. Hey, uh, I don't want to. Pre- I don't want to pretend to assume that I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it. Hopefully, I can find it out. Do they ask women, or is there a number one reason given why they want to have an abortion other than personal responsibility well, reasons? I don't know if there's an excuse. No, you don't have to ask an, ask an excuse like that. What do you think? They're filing taxes. You don't have to have an excuse. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to, you know, be killing a baby, shouldn't there be some kind of uh, I don't know. Rhyme a reason to it. Would there be one I, that's I worth it? Let me ask you this. Which there's is the none. one that's... There's ex- none. Yeah, there's not, not one that's acceptable. Why would you want to hear BS? You know how, you know how I, I saved what... my listeners, Lloyd? Do you know how many clips I have Misty cut? I don't play a lot of them. You know why? I'm saving you. You want to hear BS? I mean, you know, you, you get that all day long, right? You're going to get it on the news. Yeah. I'm not going to help you listen to BS. So I don't care what excuse somebody can come up with rationalize killing their kid. I'm not going to play it. I don't care what it is. I don't want to hear it. You're an evil son of a gun. I just I wonder what the number one reason would be, you know. Let's put down Let's put down moron. And then after that, you could put down Democrat. They go lockstep. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. A friend of mine just texted me. He's like, oh, you know, I had my in-laws listening to you. They're lifelong Democrats. They turned you off. Good. Good. I'm not trying to make those people happy who vote for this kind of policy. And I don't just mean abortion. I'm talking about the other kind that imprison the good, righteous people that make their money. See, for some reason, this country has adopted the idea that there should be systems in place that limit us. They're wrong. But they've also turned over the idea that these 50-year political whores, who've never run anything, 
can somehow manage this utopia they want to get to. You've got a bunch of people that are about to bury us with a bill. Bury us. That none of them, not only haven't they read, it doesn't matter what's in it. What they understand is what they create today will control and destroy the opportunities of individuals for generations. Every single policy there that they have is to destroy the individuality of Americanism, to destroy the unalienable rights of you. And they're not concerned with what excuse they have to use. They'll use them all simultaneously to take away your Americanism, your principles, and your self-righteousness. See, that's what they don't like. They want you to live for these very people that I play the clips who kill and carjack and maim. These are the virtuous ones that we must pay $28,000 a year to send them to CPS school. We must pay for the health care. We must pay for the food. We must pay for the housing. Why? Because they're more important than you. That's the philosophy of the Fourth Reich. You live for the state. And it's winning. It's winning. You saw it win in California. You'll see it win in Illinois in perpetuity. You see it destroy a city that was so vibrant. There was... There was no such thing as this kind of turmoil in Chicago. No such thing. Now this is commonplace. No matter how many of the, the so-called uh, reporters feign outrage. Chicago police are warning residents on the northwest side about a rash of armed carjackings and robberies. Patrick Elwood. The northwest side was a safe haven. It was a place you could be proud to, to be. Go for dinner. You could let your kids play. It's a ghetto. It's like all the other ghettos they rule over. They only know how to destroy. They build nothing. They corrupt. They destroy. And then they got you right where they want you. Because now you're helpless. You're in the straitjacket of their policies. All right, I went long. I got to go to break. 312-642-5600. See, when our quality of life is being destroyed and we're being told it's for our own good, at that moment, reject everything. Reject everything. You're entitled to your life. You're entitled to your opinion. Do not lie to the facts. When these American Fourth Reich fascists tell you things are going to work and they don't, and things get worse, remind the people that are still foolish enough to support this philosophy that they're simply wrong. You're wrong. We're not discussing nuances of things that are successful. Every single aspect of this political decisions that the American Democrat, who I call the Fourth Reich, implements can only exist if it coerces you, if it extorts you, if it forces or borrows from generations yet to be born, the ones that they don't kill. This is important because... I don't know how we've lost the argument. We're right. We're 100% right. The economies that they touch, that they poison with their corruption, end up in those places like California, like Illinois, like the Soviet Union. It's the same failure. Why must we go through it at this point? We don't need to go through it. This bill that's going to pass... I want you to always remember when this inflation that we are now calling transitory becomes a bargain, and it will. 
I want you to remember who told you it was the moral right thing to do to vote for Joe Biden because he was not put in there by Democrats. And yes, I believe there was voter harvesting and the typical Democrat fraud that we saw in L.A. or California, excuse me, that we see that we take as normal. But the reality is there's a lot of people who justified this. Look what you've done to us. It's eight months. Now's the time to start pushing back. And I don't think there's a group you can go join. There's no group. There's you. Stick up for your principles and your rights and tell everybody. This idea that we walk around with two feet in a shoe. We're right. They're wrong. It's that simple. Jennifer, Highland Park. Hi, Sean. It's Hi. Jennifer from Highland Park. I sent you an email because I, I it's finally time for me to start looking for a place in Florida. And oh. I also wanted... Did I answer the email? No, you didn't. And I oh, emailed on it. your website and your email. So right, send another one. I was, I'm, I've been, I, listen, Jennifer, in all seriousness, I've been so swamped. I mean, it's crazy. I know. I know it's crazy, but I, know. I, I'm, I can't wait to help you. So please send another one. Go ahead. I will. Okay. Also, I want you to put me in touch with Susan from Highland Park because I think we, we would be fast friends. Um, okay. Jennifer, so I don't know everybody. I wish I did. I don't know all these people, <laughs> but I, go ahead. I'll do what I can. All right. So anyways, I was listening to Dave Rubin today because he was talking about, you know, Larry Elder from yesterday. And, you know, I, I, it's time. You're right. We have to stand up and with a straight backbone and believe in our convictions and do what's right for us and our family and um, live our lives to the best of our ability. This to me is the most important part because everyone, it seems to me that everybody has been waiting for like a group to come along and this wave of righteousness to happen. Right. And and, and it's not, it's not going to come along. And if it did come along, you saw what happened in California. That was their opportunity to reverse things. That was their opportunity. And they just said, no, we're going to accept it. So, you know, it's heartbreaking because it's it's uncomfortable to do it. Right. And you know what? It goes to that old saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. And nothing changed. So it's fine. All right. You're the best. We're going to have fun. I'll I'll, I'll find you something, no matter what the price. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm emailing you right now. Goodbye. Thank you. (laughs) Always promote the other businesses. Although at a certain point, here's another thing. When they implement this kind of abuse of taxes, when they, they are very upfront and they tell you, look, we're going to take 60% of the money you make. At a certain point, start doing stuff for free with each other. I mean that. If you're going to take 60% of the money, I just simply won't make it. Tell me what the cutoff is, and we'll stop. And that's the way you're going to have to manage it. This surviving socialism has been done. It's not fun. It's terrible. It destroys a certain quality of your life, but you can do it. So whatever obstacle they put in, they're always going to leave the little carve-outs for themselves, like how Joe Biden hid the $10 million in the S-Corp so it didn't have to pay Obamacare taxes. You'll be able to do that stuff. Educate your stuff on it. Read the bill and look at it this way. You've done more than anybody that's going to vote on it did. Dave, hang on. rest of you, I'll get to you. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. There we go. It's nice not to have the Steve Cortez music, although I miss Steve Cortez. And by the way, I got good news for you. I'm going to have Steve Cortez on Monday. We're going to talk about the economy. And I was, I was listening to uh, Tom Beck in the news. 
And the idea that the Walmart CEO says raise the debt ceiling, that's just a little window into how fake our economy is. When the so-called CEO of Walmart is depending on government payoffs, subsidies, favoritism. I'm going to tell you right now, 70% 70 of our GDP is government-funded. The whole damn thing is a lie. A very small, small bit of actual private sector economy barely covers the interest on the debt. They just keep doing it and doing it. They're not going to be happy till this whole damn thing collapses. They're not going to stop. They only have one answer. Create more money. Because somehow you've allowed them to sell you that BS. What do you, where do they have even the right to just raise the debt ceiling without us speaking on it? Notice how this always happens when we can do nothing. Or oh, gee, I hope Nancy gets her calls on. Did she invest, her and her husband invest in all the companies? Did enough of their little cabinet members, all those little communist children, did they get in on it? Did Ocasio-Cortez get in on it? Or how about the people that gave her the money to pretend she's a millionaire or a success or a celebrity? It's just preposterous. It's just preposterous. I've got companies. We've got farmers. By the way, that farm nonsense, do you know how many farms China owns? You know how many meat-producing facilities China owns in this country that we're subsidizing? That was Trump's fault. Don't get me wrong. Democrats loved it. They loved when he did that stuff. I didn't. But I'm not a party guy. Are you a party? You, you know, this is the real thing. Are you party? Is this it? Is this you, you're just going to buy this? I mean, I understand that they own the voting. They own the choices. But what do you really feel when you go to bed at night? Are you happy with the Republicans? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls on that. Dave, Downers Grove. Yeah, yeah. Sean, by the way, SWIFT is owned by China. I think they bought it during the Obama years. But anyways, um, you know, we know the Democrats are evil because it's all about money. The money is root of all evil. That's why when, when they're pushing abortion, pushing abortion, there's more money in abortion than there is in the morning after pill because every woman knows when she was raped. Let's do this, though. Also, Let's do this. I want to I think about that for a minute, and I'll keep you on. You know I like to have a conversation with you. Uh, here's, oh. here's, here's the thing. It's, about, it's not about money. It's about control. It's about dangling the carrot that the reason you may be in a personal circumstance that you are in is because somebody victimized you. And the reason that you can't have everything you want is because government doesn't control the so-called market or control the economy. Otherwise, it has to be that, Dave. Otherwise, how did so many people support the idea that these so-called politicians who are creating laws they haven't read, who are pay-to-play scam artists who we know, know that the lobbyists in K Street own them, and we allow this to continue to happen. And we don't demand as a people, look, there will be no more bribery in politics. There will be no more PACs over. There will be no more K Street. Because you're all, you ruined everything. You ruined our economy. You ruined our quality of life. Or is the alternative to hope that these pickpockets cut their own hands off? Because it ain't happening. So I don't well, think it's about money. I think it's about the abuse 
of the of of the concept of money it's about abuse of the economy because they didn't like the fact that people could come here from the former soviet union and become millionaires they didn't like the fact that people who were not up to their standards their philosophical collectivism they didn't like that you could be a rogue american and not need their approval i think that's what it's about but go ahead yeah, but, Sean, I, I love money, too. I mean, I, you know, I I work for money, so I don't have to work as soon as I can. But the point is, you know, it's just like this COVID. You know, they use fear to control. You know, India is doing a, uh, doing a thing right. They're, they're pushing ivermectin, and they're showing great results. It's not transmitting it. It's not uh, – it's reducing the effects of COVID. And they won't even they won't even talk about it because it's too cheap. It's not sanctioned they, by they the government. The, That's your big problem. The only thing that will be the cure will be sanctioned and controlled by the government. You're not going to be able to treat yourself anymore in the future. You do see that. But they're not. But they're not getting the information out. They're even hiding the information. Of course not. Well, you just saw Elizabeth Warren wanted Bezos to not sell books that discussed COVID without the government approval. That's why they're the Fourth Reich. She wanted to ban the books, burn the books. And the American Democrat says, go get them. So that's that's why why you got to understand, it's not the America you think it is. It's the America that the collectivists have created, where they have been able to divert the attention of the American people on every front. Just, Just let's go over real quick what I mean. They're able to divert exactly what happened in the Middle East, both of their profiteering and how Millie, Millie actually went behind the president's back, created a, a, a communication with an enemy of America to assure them they had nothing to fear. And they, don't, and, and they won't, don't want you to focus on the fact that North Korea now is launching the missiles. They don't want you to focus that the, the Taliban, the terrorists, the torturers, were paying them. We paid them $65 million last week. There's a push to pay them more. They also don't want you to focus that this 80-year-old buffoon who's been hiding in a government desk pretending to be a doctor, invested the public money in creating the very disease that strengthened the government. And it's working, right? So the well, problem course. isn't the problem isn't what they're... They're always going to continue to do this. The question is, will the people allow it to happen? And, you know, I don't think well, they will. And, and your call is an example of that. Because here you are, Dave, how many weeks after they made fun of people who even said the word ivermectin? Right? It's after all, it's for horses. It's supposed to be for horses. But they're still doing it. <laughs> of course. But they, they want to make you feel less than they are. And they're going to ridicule you. They're going to belittle you. They're going to tax you. Because in their mind, you know what the problem in this country is? Your ability to think and have your own opinion and not need their money and not need their approval. So they're going to undermine that. They're going to change it. And it's worked in their little incubators where they tested it. It worked in California. You saw the result of it yesterday. It works in Illinois. It works in New York, New Jersey. So now they got to figure out how to take away your ability to fight back in the states where the, where the politicians and the people don't want it. That's the, that's the game at foot or a foot. Start at the bottom, Sean. You got to get into these precincts. You got to you got to start. I'll tell you what I think it is, Dave. You got to get lawyers, and you got to start suing the living hell out of them. You know what's funny, Dave, about this conversation? 
the um, shingles, you know, the shingles had the, had the vaccine progress. I don't know if you know about this, right? So Merck comes out with this vaccine, and they say it works for the shingles, and a lot of people get it, over 50. A lot of people. What they don't tell you is that thousands have an adverse effect to it. But see, that vaccine didn't have the cover that the uh, COVID vaccine had. So there's a group of lawyers that are suing the hell out of Merck. Merck is trying to settle hundreds of millions of dollars to these, to these people who have been wronged by this vaccine. So it's interesting. I think the way to take it down, ironically, is the way they put it in, and it's through lawyers. I don't like them. I can't stand lawyers, but I do think we're going to need them, and I appreciate you for the call. Thank you very much. Before you begin, uh, let me make one thing clear to you. I want your legal advice. I even pay for it. But to me, you're all vipers. You live on personal injury. You live on divorces. You live on pain and misery. But I'm rambling. Anybody want any coffee? I hate lawyers, Tom. Me and Mr. Burns hate lawyers. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I like the calls. love the calls. The only reason I'm here is because Dan Croft, along with Bruce Wolf and Amy Jacobson, took the calls. I guess you could say that moron. There was Gypsy, too, but I don't want to say his name. Jim Elgin. Hey, Sean. My hey, dad was in Chicago. How you doing? Good. Um, Hey, I I enjoy your show so much, and I think you're spot on. My dad was a policeman. My grandfather was a policeman in Chicago, killed in the line of duty. And my dad would say all the time, all the time, Sean, I remember this like an echo, Jim, if the average guy knew how many times a day he's getting screwed, not only in Chicago, but everywhere in the United States, there'd be a revolution. And I I never got it. You know, he'd say that over and over again. I thought he was just being cynical. But I got it just recently when we gave up in Afghanistan. That was no fluke that we left billions of dollars of equipment, hundreds or thousands of Americans, 13 heroes die. That was calculated. And now that Millie's come out and shown his true, true colors, I think, I think that there's going to be a serious problem very soon. Jim, I hope so. I'm concerned about it, John. I'll tell you, I hope so. Well, yeah, because I, did you hear, I don't well, know if you heard my yeah, show I, yesterday. Did you hear my show yesterday? I, I said, I said, basically that and uh, my phone blew up because it all makes sense now if you look at what yeah. exactly it is it looks it it all makes sense right down to george bush and how he wanted to take out saddam for his daddy and it looks look at how they made the money on the so-called build-up yeah. back and the occupation look at exactly how it's working now and when you think about it from the prism of if you help them a little bit there'll be a problem we always have to deal with and you'll always be able to make money off of it really makes a lot yeah. of sense hey. thank my favorite movie, Sean, one of my favorites, The Departed. Alex Baldwin, not one of my favorites, has a great line, follow the money. He's a good follow actor, the money. that fat bastard. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it. Joe, he's in my car. Hi, Joe. What are you doing in my car? Good. Um, yeah, I just called you. asked about the Republican Party. I'm disgusted with them. You know, they've sold us down the river. They're a collection of cowards. Joe, uh, a Republican through a fundraiser for Don Harmon riddled he is literally he's not just the ginger he's literally part of the Irish Chicago Marxist mafia he's all in on it under the comad the whole nine yards here's a Republican that says you know what we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna raise money for you my buddy said he he got invited by a Republican he went to the thing he thought it was for Republicans couldn't believe it couldn't believe it yesterday so that's why brother to me, they're, they're a step above because they have better suits. They have the same banker. 
They have the same scams. You know, 19 of them voted for this pay off the comment. 19 Illinois Republicans voted for it. It's a disgrace, brother. I'm glad you're unhappy. Let them know. When they call you, when they send you for when, when they want money, let them know. My offer to you is this. I don't, nothing. I don't send them anything, and uh, we have a contract on our house, and as soon as we get it closed, we're out of here. I want, wonderful. Now, good luck with the cop. Just tell him you're a Democrat. You were on your way to get food stamps. Thank you very much. You always got to think fast when the cops are on your team. Got to think fast. I think that ultimately, you know, we're at a very critical point. I think there are some folks who are starting to really understand that this is a, a very critical conversation for us to be having right now. Other folks have a vested interest in not having that conversation. But our point is to keep organizing and to keep it going. When Aurora and I were first kind of partnered, uh, we really started having a conversation about what it means to be working class women of color at the Met. And we said, you know, we can't just play along, but we need to break the fourth wall. And $4,500 dress? How much do you think the Jimmy Choo shoes were? $800? $35,000 ticket? She's down for the people. And there's the Democrat with the cork on his fork at Thanksgiving, so he knows to poke his eye out. She's my kind of girl. Morons. That's who the war is against. The Fourth Reich and us. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Democrats were normally corrupt corporatists. It wasn't until the Obama administration that we realized they were socialists. It was obvious. I, however, thought that socialism was unconstitutional. I never thought it would really grab hold. I was aware of the policies of Social Security. I couldn't believe that that lost the challenge for Social Security lost. I was aware that Medicare was socialist. I think a lot of the policies that went bankrupt are socialist. The uh, war on poverty, that's very socialist, continues to fail. We continue to fund it. But I had a certain arrogance. I thought that, that socialism was unconstitutional. It appears that I was wrong. So I love to bring on people like the uh, senior fellow at Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies, Walter Olson, to discuss this, especially when I saw a decree from Joe Biden last Thursday. Was I, uh, was I wrong all these years? Is socialism, in fact, constitutional, Walter? That's a big question. And we, uh, you know, I wish I could give you terrific news, but the Supreme Court, even though in many ways we've got a better Supreme Court than we used to, um, the newer and better Supreme Court, even it is, as it is willing to challenge some of the old uh, uh, mistakes that came before, it uh, doesn't want to touch some others. So if you look at an area like uh, free speech or Second Amendment gun rights, 
uh, you see some progress. If you look at areas of what the government can do in the economy, much harder to see progress. Walter, I know there is a case from 100 years ago where a farmer who was vaccinated for smallpox had a bad reaction. They decreed that another vaccine be given to his son, I believe. I forget the, the, the particulars of the case. He fought it all the way to the Supreme Court, the same Supreme Court, by the way, that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, ruled in favor of segregation and other racist laws, um, said he had to pay $5 if he didn't want to be vaccinated. So I know that that's precedent. When I saw the feeble fascist, Joe Biden, come up and say, look, if you have a, a, a company and you have 100, over 100 people, they got to be vaccinated. End of the story. It's a decree. I have said it, let it be written, let it be law, as if he was Caesar who needed Viagra. The question I have is, is this going to hold up in court? And in trying to answer that, it's, uh, this may not be a totally satisfactory answer, but the, I think it's more likely to be shot down uh, on narrower grounds uh, than on broader grounds, because I look at the Supreme Court and I think, what would it take to have a big, sweeping constitutional ruling? Well, they could go back and revisit that case that you just mentioned, uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Um, no sign that the current court wants to revisit that. Or alternatively, they could say, and this would be, uh, in, in some ways, a, a much more sweeping victory, they could go back and the question is, is OSHA uh, constitutional at all? It, you know, the government's power over business and commerce is supposed to all rest on the interstate commerce clause. And a lot of great minds over the years have thought, okay, you know, that means things like shipments across a bridge from one state to another, you know, state can't, you know, put up barriers saying you can't, uh, you know, the, the federal government has some power to, to say you have to, uh, you know, op open the gates. Well, that would make sense. But uh, this Supreme Court has not been willing to push very far on pushing back agencies' unconstitutional power uh, based on claims of interstate commerce. So again, big sweeping, it would make a huge uh, change if, if it happened, but I don't see the votes. I don't even see two or three votes on that. So where you are left is uh, there are, on the constitutional side, some interesting strands. Remember uh, the challenge to Obamacare? Uh, focused heavily on the individual mandate. Uh, isn't the government reaching too far into your life, it, something unrelated to interstate commerce, to say you have to buy a product? Well, that was an issue, maybe just because it seemed smaller, where the Supreme Court did listen and did kind of move in the right direction. So there will be lawyers, there will be constitutional lawyers, saying, okay, you know, we, at least we got them to move a step or two toward better principles, uh, maybe we can draw that analogy here. So that's a way in which you might get a constitutional breakthrough. Oh, meanwhile, over on the kind of more boring side of uh, the technical challenges to whether uh, OSHA can do this on, on Biden's orders, um, there are some reasons to, to think that uh, there might be some good challenges on that. And I say that because um, OSHA has been in court before, and OSHA has lost before, not usually on constitutional grounds, but OSHA gets tripped up because it doesn't follow its own laws. And uh, so you see in the past especially, although courts will sometimes strike down the 
plain old garden variety OSHA actions, which it and and to make a rule under its uh, plain old ordinary uh, um, uh, legal powers, OSHA is supposed to announce it well in advance, listen to all the arguments against, you know, build a scientific basis, all of those things that uh, lawyers call notice and comment rulemaking, um, and then over on the side there is this emergency power, and the emergency power. Uh, until this year, hadn't been used since 1983. Why not? Because the courts kept striking down things that OSHA yeah. tried to do as an emergency. Because you know, you wave around the emergency flag. This isn't always true of courts, but at least for OSHA, um, the, the courts really sort of perk up when they say, um, "We're out of patience. We we want to do something on an emergency basis, and uh, no one's going to." Um, uh, be able to examine whether it was right or wrong until months afterward, and in the meantime, we get to uh, decrease something. Well, those are the situations, and and I um, uh, here are the numbers. OSHA tried to do it nine times before 1983. Three of the times, I, I don't know whether it was minor stuff or whatever, but no one challenged three of the times. The other six times, five out of six times, courts struck down all or some of what OSHA was trying to do. So. Um, that's why I think uh, critics of this incredibly broad mandate reaching into so many workplaces uh, in, in such an intrusive way, why they should not, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't counsel despair because OSHA is once again um, trying to use its emergency powers and in so much bigger a way than it ever tried before. And now I think we'll get judges interested. Um, you know, now, why would they strike it down? They might strike it down as being uh, not well thought through or as overbroad. Uh, take one issue, for example, which is uh, if you went by what President Biden said the other day, uh, you know, it was so sweeping that even people who work remotely, you know, he wanted to test or, or make, get vaccinated. Uh, if, now, they haven't written the regulations yet. Um, another issue that I would look at is what about people who've already been infected by COVID? Are they going to have to go through all of this the same way? Um, so I'd look, I'd, we've got to wait till the regulations come out uh, in coming weeks. I want to see whether they are um, trying to go big, in which case better chance a, a judge will uh, pick up on it and strike it down, or whether they kind of pull back and say, wait a minute, we realize that some of this is, you know, big talk that we, we don't really have uh, a chance of proving to, to, to a judge. So, so let's see. OSHA's big argument, and I can already predict this, is well, when it gets to court, it's going to be, oh, no, no, this is not a vaccine mandate. This is just a weekly testing mandate. You know, this is a, mm -hmm. a requirement that you get swabbed or uh, one of the other kinds of tests. And the vaccine stuff is just... You know, an incidental backup of these people don't have to be, uh, go through it. That will be their argument. And um, what they are hoping, I believe, in that argument is that it will deflect some of the uh, otherwise potentially powerful arguments. Like, um, say, say someone says that they have a religious objection. Um, well, OSHA will respond, uh, you have a religious objection to being tested, what kind of religion is that? You know, we're, we're not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, so you have to argue against the testing half. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I dropped off. After Obamacare, I went and uh, paid $50 as a Christian scientist for that little library card, so maybe I'll be able to be okay. But now, Walter, I, um, 
I love the Cato Institute. I love these think tanks. I love the fact that they are constantly fighting and, and, and trying to reestablish American principles. Now, here's the thing that I don't think most people understand. Both the EPA and OSHA were created under who I think is one of the top five worst presidents ever, Richard Nixon, by executive order. They were never, ever created by Congress. Why don't we attack them at the legs and say, your entire organization, you know, we do that El Pacino thing in that court where you're out of order, everybody's out of order, and this entire group isn't real. It's created by executive order. It's a line-item budget on a bill that nobody even talks about anymore, and we pretend that they have authority to do anything other than ruin our breakfast buffets at companies that they storm into to extort. What do you say we go that route? Well, first, I couldn't agree more about the damage that Richard Nixon did. And in this case, uh, he led the, the fight. Eventually, Congress did pass laws which tried to give a legal charter to uh, both the EPA and, and OSHA. But the questions that never got asked about uh, why is this a proper power of the federal government, where is the... Um, uh, close nexus to interstate commerce when they reach into. Um, I hate that law uh, because know, they could they could do anything with it. They could do anything. Yeah. So so um, these questions either weren't asked or unfortunately, um, and I, I mentioned that the courts, you know, have been um, soft on this for a long time. The the, the courts uh, simply weren't willing to listen to constitutional challenges, especially in that era where you did, you know, after the 60s, there was just a period of the courts um, going really kind of wild for big government, and uh, that's, uh, a lot of damage was done during that period, but, you know, let, let me tell one of my favorite stories regarding uh, uh, the, the interstate commerce, you know, that it's, it's such a slender thing, it's meant mm. for uh, you know, but like steamboats that cross state lines, and you know, all of a sudden you find OSHA at one period. Um, eventually, this got swatted down because it was just so silly people couldn't stand it. But OSHA wanted to regulate people's home offices because they were afraid that people would trip over the uh, the cords. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they would trip over their computer and phone cords, and so the employer had to make sure that there were inspections of people's home offices, and. Uh, you know, there, on the one hand, it finally got shot down because it was just too crazy for people to talk about with a straight face. But on the other hand, you know, think about the constitutionality of that inside people's homes. Um, you know, there's this whole big body of constitutional law saying the police can't come in, um, uh, and that's great. You know, that that uh, you know, we are very lucky to have inherited that from, um, uh, you know, the, the 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 Bill of Rights. But when it's a government inspector or when it's a government uh, presuming to regulate something like workplace safety, all of a sudden uh, we we lose so many of those constitutional rights. And I wish that we consider it. And there are clever lawyers who want to uh, bring the conversation in the courts back to some of these fundamental constitutional rights. I wish them success. And sometimes Cato is one of those litigants because we file so many uh, amicus briefs. But it's a slow process. It's like turning around the famous ocean liner. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Walter. And I don't understand how we've come so far unmoored from the principles 
of exactly what the Constitution is supposed to restrain government. The purpose of it was not to restrain me. It was to restrain government. How is it constitutional? How is it legal for representatives in a republic to pass bills they admit they have not read and, in fact, were prepared by special interests who directly benefit? And now we are to the point where it is normal for both Congress people of all branches and their spouses and their cabinet to invest in companies that they are strictly enriching by the public dollar. How is any of this even remotely legal in the year 2021? Well, you've named several different shocking things. And um, let me, uh, I'll start with the last one because that's actually the one why I wanted to push back a little bit. The, um, on the corruption and on the fact that people have interests in in things that are promoted by legislation, that goes back way, 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 way back. And even Since in what we think of as the good period where they were closer to the Constitution, uh, there was a lot of mixing. You know, even George Washington, who I adore, you know, had land speculations and sometimes the government actions, you know, helped the land. All that aside, it's gotten very shameless and simple things that would help us, like disclosing stock trades. Uh, You know, they have just fought tooth and nail, things that would help identify so that voters could be on their guard, you know, that maybe you want to reelect this clown anyway, but at least at least you know that we're from Illinois. Come on. Yeah, that 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 he had an interest in in the legislation. So so that part is a hard one to solve if you want to have people uh, who aren't, you know, who don't have to sever themselves from, from ordinary investments and things like land. Backing up, though, um, you put your finger on something fascinating and important about their passing bills that they don't read, because that is tremendously dangerous. I wrote recently about the uh, shameless willingness of uh, uh, members of Congress to pass things that they have reason to know are unconstitutional. For example, the, this bill, we don't have to get into the details, but there's a, a big bill currently uh, in which one part of it has already been declared unconstitutional by federal court. Uh, and you would think they would take out that portion since it's already been declared unconstitutional uh, recently by federal court. They leave it in because they see it as some sort of game where you know they can throw as many balls as they want against the target, and it's the judge's job to hit them back. Well, no, you know, part of the oath of office very significant part of the oath, oath of office is that if you're going to uphold and defend the Constitution as a legislator, you should not be voting for anything that, that you believe unconstitutional, um, you know, however much you may like it otherwise. So, and that ties in, as you can see, with the issue of not reading the bills, because if you don't read the bills, um, then you can hardly say that you've uh, taken proper care at um, keeping out uh, or, you know, spotting and, 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 and making sure you don't endorse something unconstitutional. I, I have one anecdote I love to tell from when I, long ago, I was, uh, I spent a year on Capitol Hill, um, and then I wrote about legislation, uh, for, for, uh, after that with, with, you know, a little bit of what I'd seen from the inside, but, but there was a bill back then that they passed. It was one of these, you know, massive things with hundreds or thousands of pages. Um, and, 
something that was actually passed by, I forget whether it was both houses or, uh, or, or one house, um, deep, deep, deep in the bill, uh, to the point where no one except the special interest read it, it said, call Rita for these details. And you know, legislation can't work that way. You, you need to pass a bill that is completely filled out, not call Rita next week in order yeah. to see what to put in here. That's awesome. Walter, I could talk to you for hours. Unfortunately, I'm still a capitalist. We still have to pay some bills. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Walter Olson, Cato Institute. Please read his stuff. Thank you again, Walter. Thank you. Bye. Right, we'll, we'll be back after this. You know, I think the answer, unfortunately for us, is going to be through legal action. I really do. We are not getting the representative republic that we're promised. We're not getting the pushback. The Republicans' rebuke of this flaccid fascist is nauseating. In fact, the admission by the American Fourth Reich that this flaccid fascist is not capable, not fit to serve, is all around us. These bureaucracies... How many people even knew that the EPA and OSHA were not voted on by Congress? They weren't created in a representative Republican constitutional fashion. They're an executive order. That's it. In the 70s, yet we pretend that these bureaucracies are righteous and legal and have the power of law. And they are incentivized. Here's another thing I find unconstitutional. How can you incentivize a bureaucracy to penalize the American worker, the American business, the American people, and keep half of the reward towards their own budget, their own entertainment, their own salaries? OSHA and the EPA share that. 50% of what they find businesses, they keep. Just like the IRS. This whole damn government is unconstitutional. I believe that. And I believe we're not going to get politicians who will sit idly by and let lobbyists and special interests write the very bills they pass. They are not going to help us. It's time we need to help ourselves. And it's through think tanks like this. It's through attorneys that know they are fighting for the righteousness of Americanism and American principles steeped in the Constitution. We are going to have to take this on by ourselves. You're not going to get an Illinois Republican that's going to do it. By the way, Hassert came to terms with the child he molested, and he agreed to pay off. It's going to be in the news today. Remember he was dying like 10 years ago when they caught him as a child molester? He just settled with the kid now. Still alive. Denny Hassert, Joe Biden, still alive. I'll be back to take your phone calls. 312-642-5600. <laughs> Tim... I tell you, this is an interesting phone call. I, I have a love-hate relationship with Wakanda. I opened a business there very briefly, and then that idiot mayor who was backed by Gold Rush Gaming came in. Scumbag. Tim, Wakanda. I was wondering, what do you think of uh, cryptocurrency for the United States? Well, it's not for the United States. It's for people. Um, what I think well, about it... Well, I'm saying it, that you don't American back crypto. Well, they're already working on an American-backed crypto. Um, but what do you I, think of it, though? Uh, I think if it's going to be the, you know, I think that maybe it's, I don't think it needs to exist. You can, you can already take the dollar 
and you can make it useful for internet purchases and you can make it useful for other things. I think that if you're going to talk about crypto, I think there should be an alternative to the U.S. dollar. I think the U.S. dollar has been corrupted by politicians. And I think the proof that I'm right is that it takes, you know, 48,100 of them to buy one Bitcoin. And that's a Bitcoin. There are many. Ethereum, there are, you know, numerous other ones. But I like the concept that the American dollar has competition that was not started by a country but started by people who lost faith. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. I just uh, was wondering what you thought. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, see, it was easy. I think it's a shame that the American dollar has lost the faith of the citizen worldwide. I also think it is absolutely deserved to lose the faith of the citizen worldwide when we allow these political whores to create it out of thin air and pay off their friends. And we cannot exist. We cannot have an economy unless they do so. And that's what this debt ceiling issue is. That's what these bills really are. It is an admission by the American government that we as an American economy cannot exist without them monetizing debt that none of us agree to, but the very connected few will always agree to. So don't think for one moment that you're not going to have a massive uh, debt ceiling like we pretend it's even there. Have they ever not raised the debt ceiling? What do they do? They take seven days off and everyone cries. Well, none of them lose a check. The reality is that the concept of money, the way we think of it and the way it really works, are completely different. And we have allowed the most corrupt people in our society to have the reins of the money. And uh, I think that cryptocurrency is a hedge for smart people. Although I do think that the American government is surveilling cryptocurrency and they will, in fact, tax away your profits. They call it a tax. But what is a tax other than extortion? Poor people don't pay them. It's only an extortion for people who want to make money. If you want to be a roach, this is the greatest country to do it. There's no question about it. But um, I took that call because I cannot avoid a call on currency. I can't avoid a call on the economy. I can't. Um, but we do. I do want to pivot to other calamities. Before I go on to Pisaki, there is an issue that somebody like me, who for the most part believes that this country should welcome everybody who is fleeing another failed country, a totalitarian despotism. I think that's what America is for. I love that concept that we are the beacon of liberty and freedom. And this is where oppressed people from around the world should come to be free. I think, unfortunately, they have no idea what they're coming to for the most part. And I think some do. And they're lured here by for welfare. And they're lured here to become constituents of the Fourth Reich, known as the American Democrat Party. That's a problem. So there's a way to separate those philosophies. Yes, this country should be a beacon of freedom that welcomes people from around the world who want that freedom and want that independence. I love that concept. The idea that we have bastardized that concept and that a political party has made it part of their platform to make people dependent on government so that they in turn become a local base of that corrupt Fourth Reich known as the American Democrat. So there's two things here. 
But I also want you to recognize there is a very specific reason that every time there is a Democrat administration in control of this country's border, we have massive problems, massive. And I also want you to keep in mind that during this time of a pandemic for months, for the last year, immigrants have been shuttled around the country to very strategic areas by the American politicians with none of the restrictions that have been put on the American people. None of it. They don't have to have vaccinations. They don't have to have anything. In fact, what they have to do is go to areas where it's it's politically important that they are. Fox News is John Roberts being told from a DHS source that the August numbers for migrant apprehensions at the southern border are going to be 208,887. That is from a DHS source to Fox's John Roberts. That would represent a 317% increase over the year 2020, August 2020. And if you want to compare it to uh, August 2019, when President Trump had his own surge, uh, that is up 233%. So these numbers... But I don't see any of the reporting this is a story that you'll have to find on one station fox newsmax talks about it this is a story that's being hidden from the american people because this is another example of the flaccid the corrupt the unfit and incapable biden administration this is being protected from the eyes of the american voter because what this really represents is another reason that Joe Biden needs to be impeached today. Today. He needs to be impeached. And until there's a push by us, by the citizens, he's not going to be. He's going to be insulated and protected by the politicians. They're making a lot of money off Joe Biden. And I, when I say they, I mean the Republicans. They're raising a lot of money from some very naive people. And instead, they're doing Nothing. Nothing. I think it's important that we understand we must do something. We must prove beyond the shadow of a doubt what they know themselves. Did you see the the clip when they cut Joe Biden when he was asking a question? This was done by the Democrat White House. Can I ask you a question? Of course. One of the things that uh, I've been working on with some others is... Cut feed. They know he's unfit to be there. It's time we as the American people demand he's removed over with. Or, or if not over this failure of this massive increase, this massive explosion of illegal aliens and fentanyl and child sex slaves, which I guess they're kind of used to. After all, we got that problem in Afghanistan right now and they're flying them in with their little brides that they tell them are their kids. Another despicable, disgusting story. What is going to be enough? Economically, massive failure. Socially, massive failure. Failure. Has this country ever been more divided? Comes out like a dictator in a third world banana republic to tell you what you must do. And if you think you own that company, you don't own nothing. At least Obama was more, more honest about it. I think it's time that we demand an impeachment. 312-642-5600. believe it's um the litany of of failures the litany of examples as to why joe biden is unfit grows every day every day and now what's going to happen is this omnibus ridiculousness 
this death knell in the in the economy of, of America will pass, and this buffoon will be in charge. But there's something that you need to focus on. There's something very important. This General Milley, what he did by the former Pentagon chief, as he said he did not authorize Milley to make any kind of communication to China's top military commanders. That's it. It's over with. So if, in fact, this news that broke yesterday that we now know is an act of treason by a major, major player in the military who has now gotten a promotion under the Biden administration, and we and, and, and the, the Fourth Reich were to take the position of we didn't know this, this is outrageous, and we are going to court-martial him, that would be one thing. But instead, what's the reality of what happened today? is that Pippi Lysnocking, who is really the propaganda minister of the Fourth Reich, is circling the wagons. Uh, a new book reports that near the end of the Trump presidency, Chairman Milley had two conversations with his Chinese counterpart, promising the countries would not go to war and that he would give an early warning that something were to happen. In a statement just minutes ago, Chairman Milley did not dispute this account. Uh, on this, does the president feel that these calls were appropriate? Does he have confidence in the chairman? And some Republican senators have called for Chairman Milley to be dismissed. Is he going to keep his job? Well, I saw the statement, of course, uh, that the Department of Defense, or I should say the Joint Chiefs spokesperson, uh, just released, minute, released minutes ago. I'm not going to add more, speak to anonymous, unconfirmed reports about conversations with limited context from here. Uh, but what I can assure you all of is that the president knows General Milley. He has been chairman of the Joint Chiefs for almost eight months of his presidency. They've worked side by side through a range of international events. Uh, and the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his Millie does not deny the call. So the speculation over whether it happened or not is over. He's admitting it happened. They're now going to justify why it happened. The failure that everybody knows, even Democrats, which is really hard to reach them, in Afghanistan, formerly Afghanistan, now Talabadistan, is undeniable. The enriching of the American Taliban, which are, and they might as well be called the American Taliban, they got our equipment on. Is anybody looking at the videos where they're wearing our military vests? They're wearing our hats. They're carrying our guns. That's the American Taliban now. Or we better admit that we made it this way on purpose because Millie did, as far as I'm concerned. After all, he was collaborating with the Shikoms, also known as the Chinese Communist Party. And you don't think it's possible to start right now a movement by... It would be nice if Republicans did it. You think they're going to do it without us prodding them to do it? Robert, in Bloomingdale, you're exactly right. Hey, Sean, the reason I was calling is this is just, I don't want to put a wrench into your idea, but look what happened in California. You know, they got a guy who's taxing them to death, Gavin Newsom, overregulating them, and they still keep them in there over Larry Elder's. It's going to be difficult to get rid of this guy. I mean, I, I don't want to tell him. He'll be protected by the American Fourth Reich states. He'll be protected by the American Fourth Reich party member. But he won't, and he doesn't have to be protected by us, the individual citizens. Now, when I suggest that you call your representatives, do you, you don't think I mean Adam Kinzinger. I mean you call Republicans from states that you aspire to live in. They'll listen to you. They'll listen to you just as much as their own constituents because they know what's happening in this country is a divide philosophically of people that want to be slaves and people that refuse to. I refuse to. And we're going to do it again in 21 hours. I hope you're here. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.